Loud and clear. So good. One more time. Let's give them a big round of applause. <laughs> so we just want to get to know this is such a these guys are such a phenomenal couple in our church. They are such quality. They have great kids. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourselves? Um, how you came to be at Oceans and what you're involved in? Yeah, so um, my name's Josh. Um, if you know my last name, you know I come from a pretty big family, um, which reside down in Albany. Um, I've never lived down there, but um, you might know some of them down there. They're um, about 30% of the population. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So when they moved to Albany, they had to build a new hospital, apparently. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> we made a joke that mum should get her own car park at the hospital because the amount of time she goes there with us breaking bones and stuff. But anyway, about us... Um, Beck and I have been married almost 15 years this, this November. Um, we, we met at high school. I moved down from, from the Wheat Belt, and she was the first hot chick I saw, so I married her. Um, <laughs> look at her. She's gorgeous. How, why, why wouldn't you? Um, yeah, so we, we've been married 15 years. Uh, Beck, what did you think when you first saw Josh? We asked the other way around. Um, so, truth of my opinion, um, he's a country boy, so fashion didn't exist then. Um, for the safety of everybody here, I won't post any photos of what my first image of Josh was, but um, yeah, loved his heart, loved just everything about him from the very beginning, and yeah, really, I don't know, yeah, got me, got my attention from the very start, so yeah. <laughs> and how many boys do you have? And kids? Uh, Sorry? Got, uh, two boys and one girl. And what are their names? <laughs> so we have Blake, he's our eldest, he's 11. We've got Kai, who's eight, and Misha, who's two. Excellent. And what do you do for jobs? Um, so I work in the child protection industry, so in the whole foster care space. Um, been doing that uh, for 14 years, maybe. Wow. So just placing kids who have come through the government care system who have obviously been removed from unsafe situations. Um, and we just source foster carers around Perth um, and... My job is to kind of overall see that placement and support that placement for the co- for the foster carers and for the young people that are living there. So yeah. great. We've got quite a few people involved in that work in this church, which is so great. And Beck, you are an entrepreneurial businesswoman. Yeah. Uh, so I am an at-home mum, um, full-time, and I've just in the past probably two years started up a business from home just selling baby bits and bobs, accessories and all that sort of stuff. So when you're ready to have a baby, hit me up and I've got you covered. <laughs> so, okay, she's not going to tell you all. How many Instagram followers do you have? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, come like on. 1,300 or something? I don't know. It's uh, not massive. 1,000? Over 1,000, yeah. No. Yeah. What's the name of your Instagram? Um, loves for bubs. <laughs> loves for bubs. Yeah. Excellent. I think you have a significant amount. Anyway. The number four. <laughs> so great, making the most of that time at home. So good. Um, did you watch? The, you watched the game last night. Who were you going for? Who were you going yeah, for? Yeah, we we had a um, good bunch of guys come over. A handful of dudes from Oceans came, which was fun. Um, yeah, we watched watched it. I was going for Melbourne. We had a bit of fun and pulled names out of a hat for some sweepstakes for a bit of extra banter. So someone <laughs> who watched their very first AFL game last night and kicked their footy for the first time from Switzerland, actually won the tip and margin. What the? What the? <laughs> so, Dan, well done to Dan, who just cleaned up last night. On you, night. Dan. Hello. Switzerland. Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> and Russia's Church does not officially endorse gambling. 
Um. <laughs> it, it wasn't gambling, don't worry. It was not gambling. It's great. Um, and you love a bit of basketball as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you won the grand final, Ocean's team. Yeah, it was good fun. The other week, excellent. So great. All around awesome couple. You're like, all right, come on. Um, and so these guys have had a very colourful journey. Can you tell us what you do at Oceans, how you guys got connected into Oceans as well? Yeah, so um, we've been on a bit of a journey ourselves, like with the whole church scene the last year or so. Um, where we were previously, we were there, f- where we met, pretty much met there almost. Um, we were there for 16, 17 years, and we, we just felt in the last few years that, yeah, God was kind of just changing the scenery for us and for whatever reason. So we kind of left with... Um, with no lighthouse, no beacon, no trail, just nothing. We just jumped in. I, I, I call it just jumping in the ocean without a without a life vest. That was, that was kind of my analogy, and that's how I felt really. Um, and God led us to ocean somehow, and um, so we've been here since I think February, March. Um, so serving on the music team, obviously trying to learn how to play drums, and, um, and uh, production team with cameras and stuff. So yeah, we're really enjoying it. So great, excellent. Um, what, what we want to do now is just hear a little bit of um, context of a challenging time that they've had in their life and then hear about how God has taken them through that. And so, um, so can you tell us a little bit about the story that we were talking about, a bit of the lead up to the challenging situation that you had? Yeah, so we, we got married back in 2006. Whew, yep. <laughs> and um, which I won't pretty, ask you the date. Pretty fourth uh, of November. Um, so we were, we were pretty young. We were, we were nineteen when we got married. I'd, I, I had only been nineteen about a week or two, um, and so we started that journey real young. And I guess after a few years, we started thinking about or talking about kids. Um, Beck had a pretty good history in childcare and stuff, so she's incredible with kids, like best mum out. Um, so we started talking about kids and, and we were thinking like, yeah, let's, let's you know, start that journey. So it was probably two or three years after we got married that we um, started you know, talking about it, praying about it and thought, yeah, we, sh- we should um, give this, this next step in our relationship a crack. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you got pregnant? Yeah, so we, we were pretty shocked because you know, talking to people about having kids and that whole process, it can be pretty just a drawn out and, and testing time for people. Um, and I'd never known that, I'd never understood that. Um, it was kind of just a thought that when you want to have a kid, you would have a kid, but it's a lot more complicated than that. Um, so we, we were shocked when we initially entered that whole pregnancy journey that we fell pregnant extremely quick. Um, I, I mean, in a matter of weeks probably, um, where we were seeing that, oh yeah, wow, this is, this is actually real now. Um, so as you can imagine, heaps of joy, crazy happiness, sharing, sharing to those close to us. Um, I think back in those days, we were probably just telling everyone from day one almost. <laughs> we were, you know, pretty immature and just, you know, love and life. So, yeah, absolutely. Like we were just, we were obviously young, like still kids. Like, you know, what were we, 20, 22 maybe? 21, yeah. Yeah, and um, so we just like, yeah, we're just totally stoked that God had just come through. And we fully believed it was God because, like, how could it happen so quick? And um, everything just seemed to line up, like, perfectly. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that was, that was amazing. Yeah, and tell us that, yeah, go back. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it all happened pretty quick for us. We were pretty stoked. Um, 
I think definitely felt it was God because it happened so quickly, but then so very fast got, I guess, a rude awakening to just, yeah, what can actually happen? And we um, got taken to hospital and I'd obviously lost our first child, which we didn't show any symptoms, so the hospital was a bit confused. Their, I guess, answer to us was, you guys are just too positive, you want this too much, you know, you need to actually accept that you've lost your child and be okay with it. And So we went through the whole process of, obviously, losing a child, which I think anyone who's experienced it would say it really guts you, it really just takes, takes you back a bit, I guess, mm. especially when everyone else around you is just having babies and doing all of that, you know, at that stage of your life. Um, but I think for us, we sort of, we took a while to take our breath, deal with it, and, you know, what had happened. Yeah, it, it's, it was significantly hard, I found it hard because I was working with kids who were being abused, neglected, traumatised, all that kind of stuff every day, and seeing just unworthy parents. Um, who just, what on earth would you fall pregnant? You are, like, you cannot do it, like, and it shows in, in what we're having to help you with. So I guess I had almost that attitude of, like, why, why couldn't we have a baby if, um, you know, other, other people that don't do a good job in that area? And even, even though it wasn't that far along, it's a significant loss of life and hope, and I think it's something that, um, you know, we kind of take for granted, well, not for granted these days, but it's just, oh, yeah, whatever, just pass it over. But it's, it, it's deeply impacting yeah. when, I, when hope is lost, a life is lost. It was probably two months in, I think, we had lost it. So, mm. you know, a good two months yeah. of celebrating and getting ready to change our life. That's right, um, yeah. You're right, your hope goes into that. Your, every conversation that day goes into that. Mm. Um, so it probably took us, I don't know, I don't know how many months to kind of recover and kind of heal from that. Um, and more praying and, and more just trusting God and just believing he, that, you know, he was good in all circumstances and, and all that. Um, and I think, I don't know, maybe two, three months later, we thought, okay, we're, we're kind of emotionally ready and not angry anymore. You know, not that we were, but I guess our emotions had kind of simmered down and we were like, we're in a good space to, to try again. Um, so second time around, um, I think we fell pregnant quicker than the first. It was just like... <laughs> which then just rocks you because you're like, whoa, man, that's like amazing how God can just like come through like that. And maybe he was testing us, you know, maybe he was, he was just wanting us to go through some sort of maturity growth or, or learning stage. Um, so again, telling people, getting people to pray for us and um, great community behind us helping us out. Um, however, probably two, three months into that one, again, we lost that baby as well. Um, and that one, that one wrecked us hard. <laughs> Yeah, that was, I think, for me, my biggest, I don't know, pause, I guess, in my walk, my Christianity. Um, at the time, we were serving in church full-time. Um, obviously, I was a pastor's kid, so for me, front, front row life, everybody saw it. And I think for me to get up on stage and serve God and have a happy smile and sort of be like, yeah, trust him, he's got this, you know, he's great, when in my heart or my spirit, you know, obviously knew the truth, but my flesh was battling it, just going, nah, this is not real, he's fake, this is not going to happen for you. Um, yeah, just trying to, I guess, put reason to what was going on, and I really struggled with that. I think that was, like, one of my darkest times was just trying to go, I'm trying to trust you, but, you know, you're not meant to be, like, I thought this was you, why is this happening? And just lots of questions, I guess, going through, and still trying to, we stayed serving, but trying to just keep your heart soft and not, I guess, put your burdens and troubles on everyone else that was in serving with you but just to sort of push through um, that was I guess really challenging for us and just to have a good attitude and 
you know, go at it. And I started to get to a point, I think, in my walk where I was battling with God. And not, I say angry, but it was more of a, like, heated discussion between me and God with, like, me giving him ultimatums. Like, hey, this is this, this is what's going on, you know. And not in a way of hate, but just a way of, I guess, like you do with your parents. Just like, you know, I want to talk about this and I want some answers. And I felt at the time he wasn't answering me, he wasn't there. And even though everyone tells you, you know, you're never alone, he's always there, but because I was so hurt I felt like I wasn't listening and I wasn't hearing him and I'd shut off all my responses to actually hear yeah. or even see and trust him for what he had planned yeah. so yeah that's powerful thanks so much for sharing that and how about how did you handle that season yourself Josh yeah well I'm a guy so we don't have emotions uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no absolute lie um, we might not know how to express them or feel comfortable doing so but um, yeah, I found I'm not. I'm sweet. I found it tough. Um, again, like the same example I use about the kids I work with, you know, and and I, I guess I kind of would ask God some tough questions, like why on earth would you allow us to fall pregnant and so quickly and just seamlessly and just like wow, your hand is on this, but then just allow it to fall away. I probably didn't even use those words. I was like, why would you take it? away you know so it's kind of like I was putting it on God being like this why are you taking it away not why are you allowing it to happen so even my language and my attitude around it was wrong but obviously coming from a place of hurt and just despair um, and I guess it was frustrating as well because you know you go through the whole host- hospital routine and, and sitting with doctors and the um, you know the whole stuff that has to happen at hospital for a day or two yeah. um, and no one can give you answers. No one, everyone's just like, yeah, this just it happens. Like, what do you mean it just happens? Like, this yeah. is the first time I've even heard about this being an issue for people. And then you hear the stat, one in four pregnancies, blah, blah, blah. You hear all this stuff. You're like, what? Like, how? And, and you ask the doctors and they just like, just can't tell you. You look at them in the eye, they look at you and they're just like, we can't give you an answer. So I think that was the most frustrating thing. I like to know how to fix a problem and then I can work at it. Where when you're just told, there's nothing we can do. And then they even said, you know, maybe after your third or fourth miscarriage in a row, we might start looking into it, or maybe some tests that we can do, um, which, you know, you don't want to hear, because that means, you mean we have to, like, go through it another two or three times for you to even, like, want to look at it? Like, so just frustration. Um, but, yeah, like Beck said, we're still fully involved in church, um, running youth and, and music and all that kind of stuff. So we were yeah. still still involved in community, which yeah. I think was a pretty big key for it. Great. And you, um, in that time, you said that during that time that you held on to a few key verses or scriptures, promises that God spoke to you either during that time. Um, Beck or Josh, can you share? Yeah, well, we, we just always trusted that God was good. Um, and God is love and God wants the best for you. Um, and I think Beck used that verse that you just spoke about before. John 16:33, and as much as at the time it, it didn't sit well with me but like God was like you know even as a Christian you're not guaranteed a perfect life or everything to run smoothly for you like you're gonna have trials you're gonna have troubles and at the time I'm like you know I wasn't exempt from the world just because I'm a Christian like it wasn't like because I could say to God why me like there's so many other people out there I can give it a good Christian home I can do all these things but he was I guess just real and raw and was like, you're, you're just like everybody else. You know, you are going to go through stuff. I, I promise, I've told you this is going to happen, but in my timing, and I'm like, but this isn't fair. Like, I couldn't understand it, but I knew, like, as much as I didn't want to hold on to it, I knew it's okay 
because he said this is going to happen and this will be, you know, part of my work, my walk and my journey and my life. And, yeah, like it, everyone has the nice scriptures. For me, it was more just that reality check. Yeah, you, like he actually told me this was going to happen, so I shouldn't yeah. have been shocked, but I was. Like, Yeah, yeah. yeah that's great. Um, a, a great verse that I heard about and I guess tried to live by um, was 1 Thessalonians 5 and it's 16, 18. Be cheerful no matter what. <laughs> that was hard to do. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to smile. What do you mean now I have to rock up at church and be that guy and be on the front row and be loving people? And But deep down, I'm like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> like, it's really like, you know, I'm struggling. Um, so, what, like, yeah, so be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God. No matter what happens, this is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. That's not so not so much encouraging, you know, when you're in the in in that valley of just despair and just going, God, where are you? Um, but I, it was a massive maturity boost and speed up for us. I think because well, no, I think I know it is. I know it was because it it tested us so much um, that it just sped up that spiritual maturity i guess you could say in who god is and how he loves us that's great so i guess what i'm hearing you saying is is god just because you're christian doesn't mean god will helicopter you out of every bad situation you come across but his promise is is to be with us as we go through it and like you said in that scripture it says take heart for i've overcome the world i'm not going to rescue you from your troubles but i'll be with you through it and i think another verse that he gave me which we can put up on the screen is um, you mentioned to me earlier, there's the Psalm 107 yeah. verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His yeah. faithful love endures forever. And yeah, this, this, I mean, that thing I said before about God's love, like God always, God is love and He's always good. Mm. And, and that's that verse that, um, again, it's so hard to hear in the middle of it. Yeah. But I think that's why I hung on to is it's like, nah, he, he is good. He does love me. He does have a plan for me. Um, so even though my life is a mess, you know, in that circumstance, yeah. not overall, but um, yeah. so that was for me something I had on my heart all the time. Yeah. Great. So it's less of a promise of a, a a life per se, but a promise of I'm I'm good, yeah. of God's goodness that you anchored yourself into in the situation, even though you couldn't see it with your eyes. Yeah. We've got the, this evidence in this particular area of your goodness. Despite what we see, we're anchoring ourselves in the fact that you're good, God, yeah. and that you're going to bring us through. Yeah, and we, it was never like a promise that was spoken over us about children. Mm. Um, people assume it because I come from a massive family. Like, <laughs> whenever you talk about kids, like, oh, so you're going to beat your parents? Or I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> I would have to have 14 kids for that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is my mum watching? <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was never that like promise that we're going to have a certain number of kids. It was just that that promise that no matter what happens, God, you are good. Yeah, and we will still follow you. Great, as much as we're hurting. So great, yeah. amazing, and um, and then yeah, and then, <laughs> and then um, <laughs> our wonderful Blakey came along. A um, little bit of a rough pregnancy. Anyone who's had a baby knows morning sickness is no great trip but yeah we had a full in and out of hospital for nine months to get him um and then yeah his whole birth went totally different direction to what i had planned once again 
and ended up, yeah, emergency C-section, knocked out. So waking up like, yeah, droggy, groggy the first couple of hours, but pretty much remembering the first day was like 24 hours after he was born and being told like, yeah, the dramatic um, operation that we'd gone through to get him, you know, they'd offered counselling, all these things that we could do. But it was like the second we saw him, it was just like an absolute blur of just even the insane process we'd gone through to get him. It was like the second I had him, everything had just disappeared and I was just stoked, like, yeah, he came through, I've got this, like, and they're like, it's okay, you know, we can deal with these things. And I'm like, what things? Like, it was so just <laughs> clueless to everything that I'd actually, you know, process had gone through. It literally just went out the window the second that I got to hold the one thing that I'd been asking for. And then I think, yeah, after Blakey, we lost another one, which, you know, it's weird. It's not it doesn't upset you, it doesn't bother you, but it's like I know he can come through. Like, he's, we've been here before, we've done this before. Yeah, it sucks, but I'm just going to knuckle down and just get through it. And then we were blessed with two more beautiful kids. So for us, it was like not a not accepting of it, but just going, like, we've been down this road, God's got our back. Like, and everyone's like, I think they're in denial. I think they're not, you know, really accepting what's going on. But like, no, no, we just know our God's bigger than all of this now. Like, we've seen what's going to come from this. So come at us. Like, we were ready. And it, yeah, it was one of those things, like, every time a hiccup came, we're like, yeah, like, we weren't phased. Like, we knew, yeah, like, we're going to get through it. And we did. <laughs> Three <Yeah>. kids later. <laughs> come on, that deserves a clap, I reckon. Awesome. The, the fear of the miscarriage happening or the fear of losing the child, not that it disappeared, but I think we just, we just stepped away from the fear and just lent more into God that, like, he had it. So the fear was still there. There's a very real possibility that's going to happen again. Um, but, yeah, we just lent into God and just trusted in him. And I remember that moment holding little Blakey <laughs> through that crazy traumatic day. And when they eventually gave me and I get to hold him in my arms, I then had this crazy like just rush of love, which you, you can't describe until you're a dad, I reckon. Like you can't, you will never feel love for anyone like you do your own child. And when I was holding him, I'm like, oh man, like what is this love? And then I had this realization that like God loves me more than this. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, so I just remember standing there just smiling, just going, God, you love me so much. Like, that is ridiculous. Um, and that was just a, an incredible kind of, not end to that phase or yeah. period of time or circumstance, but it was almost like an exclamation mark of like, man, this is how much I love you. Yeah. Like, which is, which is just incredible. Yeah. I saw you moving your microphone. Were you going <laughs> to... Um, yeah, I think just, uh, I guess... I don't know, encouragement, I guess, for others who are either going through that or circumstances very close to that. For us, it was like, they're never the same, even third time round, you know, like, it was never the same. The situation wasn't the same. Our, I guess, stage in our Christianity, our walk was different every time and where we were at was different and everyone used to go, things happen for a reason and I was like, yeah, whatever. But like, I couldn't at the time understand it. I'm like, that's great, do it to somebody else. Like, it was really hard to accept that, you know, this stuff was still happening. But for me, I think the understanding to go, now I sit back, not that I'm thankful for it, but I'm thankful that God tested me the way he did because he'll only ever give me what I can handle, even if I think I can't. I'm blown away now at just, just testing me at where I was in my walk and my you know, journey with him is you've got this and you know, every time I'm, I can't do it, he's like, I'm not going to give you more than you can handle. It was that constant testing that I wanted to throw the towel and walk away because it wasn't what I thought. But I know now I come out the other side and I'm like, I appreciate obviously 
the blessing of being a parent as much as your days are hard. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for, I guess, his challenge to go, you're not, like, yes, you're special, but you're not guaranteed this perfect life. So appreciate it and love it and cherish it and really dig deep into me and don't just think, once you say that salvation prayer, like, life's going to be smooth. He's constantly challenging you, testing you, growing you, because he's got bigger and better things. He's not just going to let you sit there with what you've got. Come on. So great. So encouraging, isn't it, hey? It's so great. What, what I absolutely love, I think for me, what I love through this, because you're saying not even any loss of life was the same, but neither for any person here, neither any situation that all of us are going through. Right now we're thinking about our own battles and situations, but what I, I love is the principle, um, two principles. One, the, the goodness of God wasn't found for you in the answers he gave but in who he was. Your, your confidence was anchored not in the answer, but in, in the giver, in God, God himself. Um, but then also what I am really inspired by myself is the fact that rather than pressing pause on life, on serving God, when it got better, okay, when, when, when you come through for me, God, then we're going to pay you back. Yeah. You know, then we're going to serve you. Then we're going to do this stuff. But actually in, in the midst of the gap time, like in, in those when they've lost two precious lives in, in the gap time, still keeping that heart fresh, although it's a fight and it's a battle, continuing to serve, um, not pressing pause on purpose. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that's 100% why we are where we are today was because of what we did during that time. Wow. We hooking ourselves in and it was a conscious... <laughs> active decision we had to make every single week I think it was like I think when things are going well you just mm. go through the motions and you just rock up you know you, that's just the routine you do it but when the earth underneath you is like crumbling away you actually have to make that decision no I am going to do this yeah. like I'm going to rock up I'm going to show Come on. up and, yeah. and just be in your presence and, and serve um, so I think because we got hooked in in that and in that promise of just who God was and how much he loved us um, if we hadn't have done that we wouldn't be sitting here no chance you know that that bitterness that anger that was there you know in a small portion whatever you want to call it towards God towards a situation whatever um, I think because we handled it the way we did and I guess the core community around us at the time right. people dropping off meals to us and calling us every day kind of stuff that being in that community being hooked into God in, in that season has caused us now to come out on top where if, if we didn't hook in deliberately during that time or before that time, Great. Yeah. life, who, who knows? We Already, just, we, I reckon yeah. we'd just be bitter, angry yeah. atheists. Yeah. Bitter, angry, yeah. That's extreme, sorry. Yeah. Extreme, <laughs> I was trying to hey, find another word, it's but not, atheists just popped in It's my not head, too like, far-fetched. <laughs> Um, I love what you said just then about a part of hooking into God was hooking into community. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just the, the way, the significant help that that was for you guys. Maybe when you didn't even feel like praying, Definitely. but when you just sort of like rocking up, like some of you might be here tonight, I'm like, okay, I can arm wrestle myself out of my couch, chair at home, in front of Netflix, and just at least position myself into the building. You know, um, it makes me think of the apostle the, or, or the 12 disciples and when they gathered together, they were praying night after night, day after day, together in the upper room. They positioned themselves, if you like, for God's suddenly, for God to rock up. But 
what, what we need to do is to actually position ourselves, hold ourselves in a position. If you think about it like a surgeon, if you need to, the other day I needed a chiropractor. Thank you, Lord, for Joel. Um, the other day, you know, some of us need surgery, whatever it is, but um, we can't do it on our own. But what we need to do is position ourselves to receive what we can't do in our own. And so a part of what we need to do in situations like this, when it's out of control, when, when the waves are too much, is hooking to God. But a part of hooking into God is actually positioning ourselves to receive from Him um, in community, in places like church, dinner parties, small groups. Beck? Yeah, so it's like talking about hooking into church. Obviously, when the times are hard, it, it's, it's like the total opposite thing of what you want to do is get into church and get knitted in with people who I guess you've got to put on a brave face and you know do all that. But like church is family and they're the people that you can just rock up and they've got their arms open and they're ready to take whatever's gone on in your week, whatever you're dealing with. They're either going to pray with you or pray for you or, you know, whatever you're, whatever's going on in your life. But it's that moment of the second you come through that door, you've already surrendered just a little bit to go, not in my timing, but in his timing. And as much as it, it doesn't feel nice being in it, but like I had moments where in my, in my heart I was cross or upset or angry, whatever the emotion was. But when I got here and I was in the presence of God, it's like time stood and I was paused, and then, like, as soon as church would finish, I'm like, that's right, I'm really cross with you. But, like, you, you can't, you know, you're not in control of God and the spirit and everything that's going on. So it was, like, actually just surrendering and just even getting in the door was just that moment that he's like, I've got this, like, I'm going to work through it, instead of me going, well, you need to come through with this, and then I'll serve you. He was like, you serve me, and I'll come through for you. And it was that, yeah, like, actually laying our own lives down and just going, God, we'll give it to you, and we'll see what comes through it. But that trust and that faith to go... He's actually for you, not against you, even though you feel yeah, yeah. the way you feel. Like, yeah. yeah. That's so good. I love that. That scripture reminds me of seek first yeah. the kingdom of God, and then all these things that you would love are added on to us in His timing. Some of us get it mixed up. It's like, okay, we'll delay seeking you first until, until all these things are added, and then I can put you number one. But actually, that's not the top button. The top button to, to be done first is to seek God first. Yeah. yeah. Josh, I saw that mark moving. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously... We'll get the band back up, by the way. Thank you. I'm ready. Um, You're ready. <laughs> the, I think, like Beck said, Baker came through, incredible whirlwind. He was two... No, he would have been less than two, and we were, yeah, let's go again. And we, like, we lost that one. And then two and a half years later, Yeah. Yeah. You've got to plan something. Um, I'll just 
quickly add to Josh's. So Misha's obviously our miracle. That's another whole story of like. All right. Two point Don't don't have time Coming for it. Coming soon. But I'll give you the the little glimpse of that. You can obviously chat to us later about it. But yeah, I remember praying when we first decided to have a baby, and I was like, this is gonna get real. I'm sitting on the toilet, and there's these marble tiles in front of me, and I saw this image of this baby's face, and I was like, oh cool, that's a baby, and I'm like, cool, that's what my baby's gonna look like. Pretty much look like every other Angetti baby that you used to see on calendars and stuff. And I was like, all right. And then the dramas happened. And then Blake was born. I was like, oh, he doesn't really match that baby, but that's that's all cool. And second, a third miscarriage. And then Kai came along and still didn't match. And I obviously felt I was done it too. I was like, yep, yeah, you know, all good. But, you know, the picture never really matched what I thought I was going to see. And then we changed in technology, obviously. And Misha came along a while later and there was 3D technology. And this image of this baby's face popped up on that screen. And it was like this moment of just realness for me to go if I hadn't stuck through what I'd gone through I would never have seen that face or even got that face that he'd showed me years years and years ago that was so burnt in my heart of what I knew it was going to be and then the day she came out I remember saying to Josh I'm like what does she look like what does she look like you know what's on her face he's like nothing she's perfect and it was literally that moment the second I saw that face was just like a party in heaven of this moment just going you came through like it wasn't even in the first two that I thought his plan was way bigger than I could have known which is why I never saw it in the first two because he knew from the very beginning we were going to go through what we went through and get a third and she was going to be that answer to everything we'd asked for it was amazing come on so great can we just give God a big hand thank you Lord so good hey um what I'd love what I love to do, I know that there's there's um, a whole different crowd here and people watching online and all of us have been through different experiences and are anticipating different experiences. I'm just wondering if, Beck, you might just be able to pray. Let's hear up myself. Um, yeah, if you might be able to pray for those that have been through it and for up and coming, you know, mums and people that are believing for as well. We just believe for God to, to touch to touch people's lives and to do what he can do. That'd be awesome. Thanks, Beck. Oh, dearly Father, we just come to you. Lord, I pray for just your hand to move on those here that maybe are hurting, Lord, that are going through the same situation. Lord, I pray whether they're coming into that situation. Lord, I pray you know their heart. You know where they're at, Father. And Lord, I pray that you would just give them comfort, Lord. Fill their heart, not to just down whatever they're feeling or what they're going through, but to know they're not alone. Lord, I pray that you you are there always, whether we, we feel that or whether we feel distant from you. Lord, I pray that you would just fill those hearts and those, even the partners, Lord. I pray that you would just be with them too in these circumstances and situations, that you would just give them the love and encouragement to support their partners as they go through this. Lord, I pray that um, you would put people around those people's lives. Lord, I pray that those people would have not even the words to say, but just to show that they're there. Lord, I pray whether it's prayer prayer with them, prayer for them. Lord, I pray that they would be there at the right circumstance, the right time. Lord, I pray that they would just be able to support and encourage through this time. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't see it as a downer to go, great things are going to go wrong, but to go, great things are going to go wrong because you're going to come through and it's going to be even bigger and better than what we could imagine, Father. And Lord, I just pray for your your guidance and Lord, I pray um, hooking into each other, Lord, I pray that we would hook into you, Father. And when we're in church and we're in you, Lord, I pray that we're not alone. And Lord, I pray that we would just dig deeper and deeper into you. And Lord, I pray those going through these circumstances wouldn't run the other direction, but run to you. Lord, I pray run into the, the heat and the moment of whatever's going on, but to know it's, it's going to be amazing because 
with, with these circumstances and situations we're going through, that you are more than this. You are above and beyond all that we could imagine. And Lord, I pray that you would just wrap your arms around those. And Lord, I pray for the, the people around their lives. Lord, I pray that they would also be able to just be walking through this challenge, walking through this stage of their life with Thank them, you, Father Lord. God. And I pray for your just guidance through this, Father. In your name yes, we pray. God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Why don't we thank Beck and Josh tonight. Give them a big round of applause. So great.